0: obviously the ucp has won uh, but the situation looks really different based on the location you're in in our province. So we're going to talk a little bit about what this means for us specifically here in Edmonton, where we went completely orange. What does the future look like for the next few years? We're going to get into it with our guests, but I do want to let you know, Ched Nation, that you are invited to share your thoughts. Once again, you can send a text 780-496-0063, whether you're celebrating today, whether you're really critical, however it is that you're feeling, I want to get your thoughts on air throughout the show. So do let me know how you feeling post-election result we're going to get into it right now with our guest who's a columnist for the Edmonton journal uh and wrote a, wrote an article talking about Edmonton's future post-election and suggesting that this is the worst case scenario for Edmonton why is that Keith Gerine is joining us Keith thank you so much for making the time always
1: good to talk to you yeah no problem how
0: are you feeling today I feel like most people have like a <laughs> post-election hangover. So it was a overwhelming day yesterday
1: yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was certainly an interesting night, uh, watching the results roll in very slowly and, and trying to figure out what was going to happen. But in the end, it was pretty much as predicted. Um, Edmonton went with a wall of orange. Uh, Calgary was pretty divided, and uh, rural Alberta went uh, completely blue, other than one seat. So uh, this is kind of, I think, uh, at least in my view, the situation that Edmontonians were dreading.
0: Yeah, I would I would be inclined to agree with you, um, but it's interesting what you just suggested that this is sort of what we were expecting, I think not necessarily hoping for, but I think bracing ourselves for. And you talk a little bit about that in the article that you wrote for the journal about how the campaign really looked and how it sort of on both parts set us up to be in this position. Can you expand on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's in a variety of ways why this is kind of a bad situation for Edmonton. I mean, obviously, not having a seat at the government table, um, this is, uh, you know, has not worked out well the last four years for Edmonton. Uh, we did have one one seat, Casey Maydew, um, but I think it's fair to say that uh, Edmonton has not been treated fairly by the UCP government uh, in terms of funding and attention and, um, and infrastructure uh, over the last four years with even just that one seat and so to have no seats at the table now um, I think is it's hard to imagine the situation getting better. Albertans in general hopefully can relate to this because you know we've been shut out or close to shut out in many federal elections with uh, a liberal, liberal government in Ottawa and, and a few representatives here from Alberta and it hasn't necessarily gone well for us Uh, there. So uh, Edmonton's in that very same position. But there's other reasons too. I I mean, I think there's uh, still a lot of Potential infighting, a lot of drama that could could result from this government. Uh, the influence of the Take Back Alberta crowd, for example, we're not entirely sure what they're going to do, but they seem to have some antiquated social ideas that uh, could come into conflict with uh, Edmontonians' values. Mm-hmm. That's going to lead to some fights, and you know whether Daniel Smith can hold this this coalition together uh, when when the party lost a whole bunch of seats and and lost a lot of its Calgary representation. That's 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 going to be tough for her.
0: Yeah. and I I want to expand on that a little bit. You know, what does what does the UCP party now need to do after having lost several seats? I mean, and won by a very slim majority. What's the strategy moving forward to strengthen that party?
1: yeah, I mean, they've got a couple of choices. You can kind of double down on the coalition that you built um, as thin as it was, as you know as barely successful as it was, you know you could try to hold on to what you have in Calgary and placate your base in the rural areas. but Doing that, I think, continues to alienate you from a lot of the big city voters. Um, And so my view is that there needs to be some sort of a balance. And believe me, this is not going to be easy because of how much both sides don't like each other. But... If there was a way for Danielle Smith to start reaching out to the voters in Edmonton and to the voters in Calgary that she lost to try to understand the big city issues, um, theoretically that could grow the party's base and set her up for success in the next four years. But the way that this party is structured right now, I just don't know if that's possible.
0: Yeah, do you believe that there's enough stability there to do that?
1: Right now, it certainly doesn't look like it um, we'll see what happens you know there things t- do tend to calm down a little bit after the election um, and you know the the UCP and and the folks that won will sort of be in that euphoric moment of of having won the election and and uh, having come together um, on some policy uh, that that maybe was successful for, for the voters that did vote for them but we've seen the history of this party, they just ultimately start eating each other again at some point when a contentious issue comes up. And this is where this Take Back Alberta crowd could be a real thorn in the side of Daniel Smith if it decides to push things mm-hmm. like changing the curriculum to, say, remove sex education or um, deciding to try to roll back protections for the LGBTQ community and so on. There's a variety of other things there that, on the, on the surface that, um, that could be very destabilizing for the UCP.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think changing strategy regarding some of those socially conservative issues that you just mentioned uh, is something that needs to be paramount. That needs to be it needs to be so important because you're right. Otherwise, you're just going to alienate so many people uh, that are <laughs> that are invested in in progress for our, si- our society. And it's really it's alarming to think that some of those views might still be running rampant within the party. Now, let's shift our focus to the NDP. This is the strongest opposition uh, that we've seen in a long time. They were actually up from twenty-three seats with thirty-eight. Obviously, they didn't win. Um, but what does this mean for for Edmonton and for our province as a whole with that kind of strength?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, and I mean, we've never—I don't think we've ever seen an opposition this strong or certainly this large before in the province. So, you know, what will Rachel Notley do with that? And. Obviously, this uh, this election was a disappointment. The the you know the victory was there for the taking. It seemed in, in many ways, despite a very tough electoral landscape, uh, and they couldn't pull it off. So they need to lick their wounds as as quickly as possible. Um, they need to uh, assess the strengths of the of the you know the thirty eight members that they have, and really use that to position themselves as a strong alternative government uh, and come up with some sort of co- coalescing, affirmative idea. It's not enough to just slam the UCP and Daniel Smith. They need to convince Albertans that they can be uh, the right choice and have the right ideas to move Alberta forward. Mm -hmm. So far, they weren't able to do that in the campaign, but they now have some time to try to figure that out. And they should be ready, because we don't know exactly how long this Conservative government's going to last. It is entirely possible with the divisions we've seen that there could be uh, more instability to come and potentially even another election to come before the next four years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that we saw a little bit of that change in strategy with the NDP towards the really late stages of the campaign. The finger-pointing at Danielle Smith sort of seemed to change a direction and talk a little bit more about campaign promises and, and party platforms, uh, but was perhaps a, a little too late and, um, and a missed opportunity there. Do you think that Rachel Notley continues to lead that party? She said that she's going to, um, but is that a knee-jerk reaction? Do you think that that's the best strategy moving forward?
1: I think it's something that the NDP is going to have to consider. Rachel Notley's had, I guess, three kicks at the can here. She's won one out of those three. As I said, I think this election was there for the taking, and they couldn't pull it off. And so I think they do need to review if leadership is maybe holding them back to some degree and, and a new voice is needed. Ultimately, maybe a strong centrist NDP voice from Calgary would be the way that party needs to go. I don't know if there's anyone like that out there right now, but I think that is something that they have to explore. In the meantime, though, Rachel Notley's not a bad leader to have uh, mm-hmm. for the, for the moment.
0: Um, Keith, just to be fair, is there any good news? So, is there any is there any positivity <laughs> to take away from this win? <laughs>
1: Uh, it's hard to see it right now. Um, I guess we'll see uh, what Daniel Smith uh, is going to do in the in the, the weeks and months ahead. her speech last night the her victory speech there was uh, some positive things in there. she did come across as quite gracious she did promise to to listen uh, to uh, accept her missteps and apologize for them to be collaborative to hear different ideas. I've heard that before from other leaders after an election, and they didn't really um, didn't really come through on those things. Maybe Danielle Smith will be different. I think she's going to have to be at some point. I think uh, that party is going to have to realize that they do need to expand their 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 coalition. Um, but um, I, it's not much to hang your hopes on at this point. But that's all we've got at the moment.
0: You thank you so much uh, for the article that you wrote. Uh, it's really great perspective, and for your time this afternoon.
1: Thanks, Chelsea. Take
0: care. Of course, as Keith Ryan, columnist for the Edmonton Journal, talking about this being the worst-case scenario for Edmonton. What does our future look like?